the startup life is a roller coaster life, right? Yeah. And as with any roller coaster, you know how to roll, how to <clears throat> enjoy the ride without screaming and letting go, but without grabbing on so hard that I juggled by every every movement and right. terrified. And so, how do we stay healthy and connected and to ourselves? Yeah. I am happy to be here today with Hugh Edwards. He is the CEO and co-founder at Cyber Fortress. Uh, excited to speak with you on this topic of corporate resilience in a kind of insure tech startup environment. You know, this isn't your this isn't your first startup, and you know, can you share a bit about your your background, your entrepreneurial experience, and, and maybe how your uh, also your experience as a principal investor maybe has uh, kind of influenced things for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in terms of my background, I'm from the UK originally, um, sort of did my early, my early backgrounds in mathematics. And so I spent my early career at Goldman Sachs uh, doing derivative structuring for corporate clients. So helping corporates uh, manage their risk. Um, I had the opportunity to evolve more into the, the principal investing side um, and, you know, worked in sort of, you know, venture capital, growth capital, private equity um, small private equity side there. And so saw the opportunity there of like, you know, what it's like to grow a business uh, and try to identify businesses with, you know, high potential to invest in them there. What excited me when I saw that was, is that was that, you know, I really wanted to get part of doing it myself. That's where my path went. It first ended up, you know, what brought me here to Texas, San Antonio, Texas, where I'm right now, um, was to work at a cloud hosting company called Rackspace. Um, a few years later, Rackspace was ready to divest that business amongst several others, um, and I had the opportunity to, to step up and purchase it uh, with a business partner from Rackspace, uh, which, which required called Jungle Disk, um, is encrypted backup and encrypted storage. And we evolved that business to a more holistic cybersecurity suite of software for small businesses. But as we were serving those customers there, and they had you know, you know tens of thousands of customers with Jungle Disk, we saw that, like, where's the financial protection that goes with the cybersecurity? And we started to really dig in there and sort of look at several things. One, which was, like, what are the options available? And as we looked at the landscape of, you know, cyber insurance that has been evolving quite dramatically over the last few years, but still very much in its infancy, we saw sort of three sort of key sort of gaps with what was being offered today to small and medium-sized businesses to protect them from the risks of operating online. Um, and the, 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 sorry, the big one, which is really some part of the essence of where we are Cyber Fortress, was slow claims. And what we'd seen with small businesses from our cybersecurity world was that if something bad happens, there's a very short window to, like, you know, survive. So we quickly, you know, um, honed in on parametric-like insurance. So, you know, basically policies that are triggered and then have some sort of defined payout based on some, like in this case, uh, a website being down. And so for us, we looked at one thing, we were like, well, we think that's one of the big things for a lot of businesses is if their website's down, they're not collecting revenue, they're not collecting money, they're businessing. So we're like, well, how can we, you know, build a policy that's kind of basically in a parametric like way triggered by downtime? Yeah. And for us, the interesting thing then was this like, well, we started collecting downtime data on like and now we collect on over 400,000 uh, actually e-commerce domains. So we've narrowed our focus to focus on who is most susceptible, feel the pain more brutally from being their website being down 
well, in this world we are right now, e-commerce. Yeah. So we started collecting the downtime data to basically build up our own actual tables so we can price then frequency and severity in order to bring a policy that you know, pays out based on that downtime. You know, have you, has, has COVID required you to, to change anything sort of day to day in how you manage? Yeah. I suppose it's probably the biggest thing for us as a startup is for us, you know, there's real uncertainty about the fundraising world. People are still getting funding right now. I don't think we've seen the true effects of COVID in the economy yet. And so I think the expectations of time and how long things will take um, and, uh, and realizing as well that, you know, there's a lot of noise right now to cut through, right? Yeah. In terms of, and so for us, and fortunately at this stage for us, we are a non-required piece of insurance, you know, a discretionary insurance purchase. So, and we are a new type, so we have to educate. So how to break through and to um, capture attention and then be able to succinctly, quickly share um our, you know, share, you know, what we see is the, the risk and why people should care and then why we happen to offer something that can help. Yeah. I mean, that's the challenge right now. Yeah. So and a lot of these companies, some of them have, you know, histories that could be, you know, more than a century, 150 years. And so, you know, they have a time horizon and a perspective that's very different than a, than a startup. Have, have you, you know, taken any particular approaches to, to, to maybe try to get them to, to, to think in, in, in more rapid cycles? I think for us, it's like, you know, how we can, you know, for, if anything, it's, it's helping them understand the opportunity, like yeah. moving things quickly and like the opportunities that we are at. And then being, you know, being understanding of them and their culture, their organizational structure, their history, and their way of doing business and sort of we can be upset as long as much as we can. So then it's a case of sort of like some serenity, right? Some surrender to like, okay, we can do what we can. We can educate, you know, we can try to help and get, you know, alignment and in sync on, on the why and the speed and then be able to like, and then do what we can keep doing to keep moving things forward and then be able to accept that things aren't going to work on our timeline, right? right? We have to be able, so we have to be creative and adaptable and responsive and, um, and uh, uh, and that's and that's kind of like the the part of, you know, again part of the fun of the startup journey. When you think about additional people joining your team, you know, does that impact your your process for evaluating their fit into the organization and ability to uh, you know onboard and then contribute? This sort of COVID world and being remote in many ways has increased our pool of potential talent. Right. Because prior to that, we were in a mindset of, well, we need to look in Texas, look in San Antonio, Austin, or find people who, you know, by and large, we were thinking would be open to, you know, at some point relocating. And so we changed our mindset with, you know, we were already evolving the mindset because we found, we, you know, Alex joined. Um, and, and so, and Alex was coming to Texas, you know, a couple of weeks a month. But then COVID happened. It's like, well, actually, we can work really well remotely. But now we don't have to worry. We can hire people from New York or hire people from, you know, Columbus, Ohio. Um, or And so it's really sort of broadened the potential for us. So for us, it's like, well, I think this is going to give us more opportunity. Right, right. So, you know, diversity and inclusion is, is obviously an important topic these days. And... 
And so, you know, is that is that something you think about even at a company as early stage as, as yours in terms of as a leader and, 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 and trying to build the culture of the organization? Um, yeah. We were very, early, you know, we started to think about it from, you know, from the get-go and acknowledging that um, we are based in a community as an organization and we believe talent and ability is uniformly distributed across the population and across, you know, you know, races, sexes, you know, geographies, etc. And so based on where we are, we like we, we, we have a desire to hire, you know, that represents the, those communities because we don't believe we need to overemphasize one or the other because talent is better than one or the other. We believe the talent's there. And so, I think the big realization uh, for us is, is that um, the challenge is really in, uh, in attracting and identifying at the top of the funnel our potential candidates, right? That, that and acknowledging the bias is that the people and my networks are inherently biased. And so the easy way to go higher is to go to the network, right, and hire there, and then recognizing now it's like, hey, I'm going to get a biased response as a result of that. And so it's like, okay, so how do we look, you know, and do things differently than we're doing right now to try to source and identify and attract and welcome, um, you know, candidates and potential employees from, you know, from underrepresented you know, areas in our organization today. And again, at the same time, we're, we're a five-person organization. So obviously, the law of sports, but still, something we think about. So, um, Hugh, I really appreciate you taking the time. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up? You know, just more on the human element then, it's, um, I think, working individually and then as the team on, like, you know, how, sort of the self-care we often focus a lot about the, the business and the actions and the doing. Um, so we're trying to create a culture where people feel connected. Uh, people have, you know, can be vulnerable with each other and raise their hand where they're struggling. Um, you know, take, you know, moments, those moments of vulnerability as opportunities to learn and to evolve, um, to continue to, you know, take, you know, Personal development can take many forms as well. It could be, you know, adding direct skills and honing particular abilities, but it can also be, you know, how to take time to like, I know for me, probably the single-handed most important thing for me during this COVID was meditation. You know, autonomy is a really big thing. Um, and so remote enables that, right? We care about productivity and output, not like how many hours someone was seen or, you know, seen and observed doing something versus empowering people to like do amazing work, take care of yourself. Um, and, uh, you know, and in sort of, and then obviously modeling that as well. Like we have, like, I suppose a lot of startups as well, we have this sort of like open vacation policy, vacation policy. Now that's a challenge as well, because you have to model behavior of yeah. taking vacation. And so my CTO, you know, at the end of July, took a week to go with his family to Colorado and came back refreshed. And that was like wonderful example of modeling that behavior. Um, I saw a window of opportunity and last minute back in February, you know, back in February, um, took the next week off and did a seven day meditation retreat. And told, you know, and communicated to the team like, hey, I have this window of this is what's going on. I realize I don't have anything next week. This is a once in like a sort of unique opportunity. I'm going to take this for myself and come back refreshed. Um, so I think, you know, there's the 
there's the saying is one thing and then there's the doing, right? And so I think trying to model behavior is the, you know, and sort of demonstrate what good looks like. Um, and then acknowledge that, you know, we screw up as well and to have some compassion when we do and just acknowledge and, uh, and learn from it. You know, Hugh, you've been super generous with your time. Uh, it's been good to uh, reconnect a bit and, uh, you know, good luck with the launch and, uh, you know, look forward to seeing your progress. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure chatting to you today and thank you for having me on.